Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge, you grab the bull by the horns, you find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golick Jr., Mike Golick Sr., Jesse Cofield. Uh, should be a fun hour coming up. We're hoping to talk to the Hall of Famer Warren Moon here very soon, as well as my old roommate and recently retired Pro Bowl tight end Kyle Rudolph. Dad, I would say I should have said, too, Warren Moon, one of your first teammates in yes. the NFL when you got yes. drafted by the Houston Oilers. Yeah, I mean, and if people don't forget about him, he was with the Edmonton Eskimos uh, for a time before he got to the NFL and was incredible. I think it was a five-time uh, a champ out there. So he had a great career even before he got to the NFL and then obviously had a great career as well. My first quarterback uh, down with the Houston Oilers. So always good to see Warren. I usually see him at the, you know, the Super Bowl and places like that. It's always a fun time to catch up with people you played with or played against. And I always enjoy seeing Warren. So we're hopeful to talk to him very soon. And one of the things I want to ask him about, Dad, and certainly get your opinion on too, because it's the hot topic right now. Not since the Super Bowl has so much grass been talked about uh, in the lead-up, but we've got that now after the Aaron Rodgers injury. The NFLPA has come out uh, behind their new executive director calling for the league to change the field surfaces to natural grass. Dad, we've seen the PA and the league kind of at odds over this for a while. The PA released uh, studies and reports saying that the uptick in non-contact injuries on artificial surfaces was there. The NFL disputes with their internal numbers. Where do you fall on this, Dad, as someone that once played on basically carpet on concrete in the NFL on the debate over playing surfaces and player safety? Yeah, and, and this has no no carry in the in the weight of this discussion, but it, it is it is pretty funny when I look at I mean, this new turf put in at Met Stadium is supposed to have some of the bet, uh, some of the best, um, or MetLife Stadium, the, the most give like natural grass. 
And that's what you look for kind of as a player. You don't want, you know, at the vet, I had concrete and carpet over it. As you said, it was horrible. So I would have loved playing on the stuff today, but that doesn't mean the stuff today is is better than grass. And that's the argument. So it doesn't, you know, while we may have played on basically carpet covered concrete, we're in a new era here where this is more economical. As we know, there's no upkeep to it. Uh, and, and it's better than the AstroTurf we played on. The thing about it is, though, Mike, is you get differences of opinion. Lloyd Howell's a new uh, NFLPA executive director, and he said moving all stadium fields to high-quality natural grass is the easiest decision the NFL can make. The players overwhelmingly prefer it, and the data is clear that grass is simply safer than artificial turf. Now, the league puts out a study that says there has been no uptick. in, And we, we usually talk about non-contact injuries. Uh, as, yeah. as, as opposed to contact. And this with Aaron Rodgers was not a non-contact injury. There was contact. He was grabbed around the waist and his foot stuck kind of in the ground and the pressure went down on the heel and you saw the pop in the tendon. So this wasn't non-contact. So there's differing thought processes on what it what effect AstroTurf has in grass turf, but upkeep is caught it saves the owners a lot of money now the one thing that works in favor of the players and they they say out loud and they should is wait a minute the world cup's coming here in soccer right and we're we're changing we're changing fields to grass from this astroturf so you are saying that it's better for these soccer players to play on grass than it is on artificial turf now i'm sure they're going to put out some reasoning or there is some reasoning for them saying why it's they're money. doing this. Money well, is the well, reason. Well, so the, now let me get to where we are now with the union saying they should do it for the, the for the health and safety of their players. This is what they should do as an investment in their players. That all sounds well and good. We all work hand in hand, arm in arm to do what's best for our employees. I mean, come on. When have we heard that line? I don't care what business you're in. You know when? If, I don't know if it'll ever happen, quite honestly, but if it does, do you know when grass fields will go back in? When it's negotiated. That's when it'll happen. When the union and the players will have to give up something in the CBA to get natural grass. Owners ain't just going to give it. Players, oh, I, I get it, but what a yeah. farce then to put out oh, publicly that you care about player yes. safety at all if the players are telling you that's the surface they like best and your retort is well we got to wait till the world cup it just gives up the goods it's all money they want turf fields in here because it saves them a little bit of money yes. and it allows yes. them to host monster truck rallies and concerts in there that's the bottom line yes. why we would trust their numbers on this when we see all of it's laid bare like there is no secret there's no hiding from it here and if it wasn't obvious before the upcoming world cup portion of this that you mentioned where the only way they were going to allow the u.s to host the world cup was if they laid down grass for these fields i've heard they do it for friendlies as well when teams come over here it's the money portion of all this so again the league is looking in your face and lying to you when it tells you that player safety is the motive or something they truly care about they care about it only to the point where it makes them money it makes them money or they get to use it as a negotiation piece which is what this is going to be and did you see players like like uh, David Bakhtiari who, who, who barked about this right away is trying to get the fans involved right Let's the players and the fans come together as one to say we want to see the players on natural grass. All that sounds great to try and, you know, because when it's just players versus owners, 
a lot right. of times the owners are going to win. So David, smartly so, is saying bring the fans into it, the ones that are actually making money for the owners by spending their hard-earned money to make push for these grass fields. And the owners are just going to say, blah, 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 blah. If it's going to happen, it's going to be negotiated, and you're going to give up something for it. And even that being said, Mike, I don't know unless there is – there is unless there is – and maybe there was. This is what I don't know. They need, unless they already have it, an independent study, somebody that the NFLPA and the league agree on to give us a report. Because right now you hear the union side saying a report says there's higher non-contact, an NFL report that says there's no uptick in non-contact injuries on artificial turf. So, like I said, I don't know if they've done an independent study, but boy, what a what a time for being an independent for needing an independent study, right? Someone to say both sides to say, okay, we're going to rely on what this person says, and let's see what they say. But I, I guess. At this point, why would the NFL agree to that? And why would we trust who they select for any of this? In the like, They don't seem trustworthy on this subject because we know what their motives are. It's not like the NFL is just walking into this argument trying to say, well, no, we believe that this surface is actually going to be good for the players or anything like that. No, it's, it's good for us. It's good for the money well, we make away from football games. It's good for all the ancillary things we want to do. Their motives yeah. in this have nothing to do with player health and safety. And so letting them use that as a crutch to do something that the players aren't comfortable with, to me, automatically undercuts the argument and the conversation from the start. But but we're not saying let the let the league pick an independent person. That has to be agreed upon. So the, the union could pick them. I mean, it, the league isn't isn't dictating everything here if you're getting an independent study. And again, I don't know if the league even wants to do that because I don't think they want to get rid of artificial turf. And the only way they would, as I said, would be not by negotiation. So, yeah, I mean, to hear that safety is the number one priority, we, we, we know we can chuckle at that. Uh, we know they want it and we know the reasons they want it. So if the players don't want it anymore, it's going to have to come at a price to where players think it should be just naturally done because it's better for the employees. The, the employer is saying, well, if that's something you want, you're going to have to give up something for it, even if it's going to happen at all. Like I said, I don't know if it's going to happen at all. I, I think this is just going to be, unfortunately, another losing situation for the players, as I think the owners are perfectly happy with this artificial turf. And I'm sure the reason the owners are trying to prove this about the instance of injury is because the best argument that you could have on the other side for why ownership should want this too. And dad, quite frankly, it was the same argument we made on drug testing when it came to marijuana and street drugs, not performance enhancing drugs was why would you want your players, your stars, the players that you're handing fistfuls of money to missing time on something that feels more preventable that's the player argument in this as well as this should be something we're all rallied yeah. around is trying to do the thing that preserves the product it's the reason you got all those cute rules around the quarterback it's the reason you have all those rules around special teams right now is because yeah the players want to argue for their own health and safety but we know everyone's motivated by their own selfish desires and for ownership yeah. in the league you should at the very least want the biggest stars in your sport out on the field playing and drawing in eyeballs to your product yeah for, for to them there isn't enough of a problem with astroturf according to uh, field turf according to their studies to overtake that to where you're losing half of the starting quarterbacks you know we we all know what always affects change in anything it's money right is how your money is affected 
That's why David Bakhtiar was trying to get the fans involved. Hell, he was probably talking through the fans to the advertisers because that's what's going to affect change. If all of a sudden money is coming out of the owner's pocket or not the normal amount is going into the owner's pocket, that is going to invoke change. Until that happens, as I said, you know, when you watch the old Charlie Brown shows and you hear the teacher talk and all you hear is want, 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 that's all the owners hear until their money is affected. That's well, when action occurs. I mean, you wonder how a guy like Woody Johnson feels right now because the other thing that usually affects change in the NFL is when something bad happens to a quarterback on a big-time stage. And we saw that was the most watched Monday night football game right. in the ESPN era of Monday night football. That was the most important quarterback maybe the Jets have ever had, and he went down in a heap. And, Dad, I understand you're saying it's a contact injury, but people still point to it wasn't the most violent contact we've ever seen. It wasn't the most brutal hit that we've ever seen someone take. And the foot stuck in a ground away that a lot of players think wouldn't have happened if that had been natural grass that had some give and would shift underneath your feet. And so – this is one of those spots where usually this is what we ask. This is how the overtime rule got changed because it was Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. And damn it, we wanted to see more football. And in the past, it's been, hey, well, Tom Brady got hit below the leg. And so now we got to make sure that doesn't happen to quarterbacks no more. Aaron Rodgers going down in a heap should, with that pattern in mind, be enough to have something happen on this front. Well, a couple of things, Mike, because changing a rule is different than changing all the fields and the expense that goes with it and all the other things then you may have trouble doing on that, the money it will cost you. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, again, these, these owners, they're, they're already getting, so you, you mentioned the, the highest rated Monday night game. Well, every team is already getting X amount from the TV deal. So that is not affecting the money that Woody Johnson is getting. That's not affecting it. And as far as they, you got to pay them all that money, they're already making the money they're going to make from sold out stadiums of what they had to revenue from merchandise to revenue from the television deal. So their money, as I talk about being the most important thing, is not going to be affected, even though Aaron Rodgers. Well, I mean, the money he's paying Aaron Rodgers is now sunk cost. You're not getting any value yeah. from it. You're paying him millions of dollars. You gave up tons of assets, and now you don't have your quarterback anymore. Like, no, no, no. They're gonna flex, I, and I they're going to flex them out of a bunch of those primetime games that they're yeah. in once they have the ability to at that point in the season the rest of the year. So there is some blowback for this. I get most of the rest of that's locked in place, but the league loves these gaudy TV numbers. It's know, what they use the next time they walk into negotiations and say, hey, we'd like more money to broadcast our fine game. Uh, listen, I agree with you. And so let, let's – this one injury, though, isn't going to change anything. It's just not because the cost is too high, according to the owners or for the owners, to make the change based off this now, and you don't base it off of one thing, even though you changed a rule occasionally. I was going to say we've changed a lot of rules uh, off again, one thing. Again, changing a rule is different than changing something that is going to cost you a lot of money. So there, there is a difference in that, and that's that's at the end of the day, that's what the owners rely on is the money that's going into their pocket. So th this battle is going to continue. I don't know where it ends. I don't know where. You know, like I said, an independent study looks because we know both sides have their own study out that one says one thing, one says another. Who the hell do you want to believe? I know a lot of people don't believe the league in anything. And listen, they've given reason for players not to believe them. Absolutely no doubt about it. But this is one that, that has a lot of cost involved to it, which makes the fight even more difficult than 
oh my God, we just lost Tom Brady on a low hit. Change the rule. You can't hit the quarterback low anymore. Okay, wait. I'm going to jump in here really quick, guys. Because I'm reading, as you guys are talking, I'm like Googling it. I'm trying to figure out how much it would cost to actually yeah. change to grass fields. And it's saying $11.9 million. And I'm sure for the owners, they're factoring in the upkeep, upkeep of all that, right. the things in perpetuity. Right. But still, like, and I understand this is where, like, the greed of it all comes in. These are people that are wired the way most billionaires are, right. is you don't get rich by giving up at some point extra costs that you don't feel like you need to incur. And so for them, it's the difference of, yeah, it's a pittance compared to what the NFL makes on any given year. This is the most profitable league in North American right. sports. And so that's why to the rest of us, it seems ridiculous. But to dad's point, seems like a sticking point that they're not going to move past. I want to, I want to hit on something else that's facing the owners right now on a different side of things. The lawsuit uh, that we have going on, uh, between Jim Trotter, the former NFL Network journalist, filing a retaliation lawsuit against the NFL on Tuesday, alleging that his contract was not renewed because he called out Commissioner Roger Goodell about the league's lack of diversity. We all saw that viral clip. It was in the media leading up to the Super Bowl. Roger Goodell makes himself available. We usually see his like year in review thing there. And Jim Trotter pressed him on the league's uh, diversity right. track record, the hiring of African-American and minority coaches, everything there in a way that is usually uncommon for NFL media and their in-house outfit there. But, Dad, part of what came out in this lawsuit, not just that, what we knew was going on with Jim, but also the things alleged in there in the lawsuit features a timeline of his termination and accuses Cowboys owner Jerry Jones and Bills owner Terry Pagula of making discriminatory comments when asked about player protests and the league's diversity efforts. For uh, Jerry Jones, it was something akin to, well, if the black players don't like it, they should buy their own league and then they can employ who they want. For Terry Pegula, it went a little bit farther, and the quote alleged is him after the protests that took place in 2020 saying, quote, if the black players don't like it here, they should go back to Africa and see how bad it is. And... Dad, while these are allegations right now, and this will be a he said, he said portion of the proceedings here, for the NFL, this is pretty dire considering where they sit in the world of lawsuits surrounding racial discrimination and their hiring policies in the NFL because we've always talked about the hiring policies ultimately boil down to the feelings of 31 owners around the NFL and how they're going to do it. All of a sudden, if you can point to concrete evidence that, oh, this is something that is in the heart of at least one of these owners, now you open up Pandora's box for what the players and coaches can point to. So you mentioned that the comment uh, that he made, uh, that that Trotter says Pagula made. Pagula put, Pagula put out a statement, said, I'm horrified that anyone would connect me with an allegation of this kind. Racism has no place in our society. I'm personally disgusted that my name is associated with this complaint. Jerry Jones said uh, of what Trotter said about him, the representation made by Trotter at a conversation that occurred over three years ago with myself and VP of player personnel, Will McClay, is simply not accurate. So they're saying they didn't say it. Listen, I I've said this before, that the NFL's track record is horrific, horrific, with minority hiring from coaches to management positions, and as, as Trotter said to the media part of it as well, it it's horrible and it's been horrible. The rules they have established haven't worked. They haven't. And now he he is accusing these two owners of saying this. Let me tell you what, if you could, if, if it's proved these owners said it, and we also have to understand a lot of these owners have been around, you know, we talk about the, the old white people 
you know, in, in what's, you know, in their thought process from years ago, I, it, it, it just kind of, you kind of wonder, you know, you kind of wonder what is the reasoning there aren't enough minorities or, or there aren't, you know, enough hired to be coaches or in general manager or managerial positions. It, it's, it's a head scratcher well, that's been going on. The league has not figured it out at this point, and they've not done a great job with it. Yeah, never well, been a black majority owner, eight black yeah. general managers, three NFL coaches who identify as black, and this is a league in which 60 to 70% of the players are black. And that's always been the thing that I think has stuck out to a lot of people is, and we hear about pipelines, we hear about all this stuff, but the bottom line is, you know, cronyism, nepotism, all these things that pop in here, and, and people we hear all the time that guys are just comfortable with you've heard how many nfl owners say you know i see a lot of myself in this head coach and the subtext of that can sometimes be damning dad I, to your point about if it's going to be able to be proven or not that feels difficult because i don't know how these yeah. are presented was yeah. it an email form these things are often difficult to impossible to actually prove but i'm sure for jim trotter and his efforts in this lawsuit and now really for the coaching side and we've seen brian flores and a number of the coaches in the lawsuit against the nfl now the sentiment is out there, though. And it's something that, to your point, based on the track record of this league, based on the age and demographic of ownership, sounds believable to enough people to yep. where now this sentiment is something I'm sure that people will latch on to and potentially go back to. So we will wait and see how the rest of that plays out, but certainly shocking revelations there in that lawsuit filed by Jim Trotter against the NFL. Unfortunately, not able to get in touch uh, with the Hall of Famer Warren Moon's technical difficulties there. And so hopefully we'll be able to get him back here on the show at some point soon. Stick with us, though. We still got plenty more coming up in the tank here, including in just a little bit, former teammate Kyle Rudolph going to stop by about his new ventures in broadcasting next. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. Uh, we'll get to uh, Pro Bowl tight end, recently retired uh, Kyle Rudolph, going to join us here in about 10 minutes uh talk about his transition into media right now he's joined us on the dark side here uh yes, doing some fox sports radio on sundays he's calling some college football games this fall he was hitting that up in the spring as well so we'll see how he's enjoying life as a media hack right now i always said that it's a nice transition and kyle played you know 12 great years in the nfl has a ton of great stuff to show he's going to be honored by the vikings after week three but it is kind of nice, and I'm sure at the age that we're at now for him, who's been getting hit a lot lately, to go to a job where no one can legally hit you. And you get to stay involved in the game. The best thing I've always always said about being in the media or, and then calling NFL games or college games is you don't have to ice down after him anymore. You know, yeah. You're not sore. And 
the the thing and this doesn't this this comment I'm going to make doesn't in, include Kyle. He's always been great with the media. It's always been interesting seeing the guys that battle with the media or have problems with the media or get on the media then end up in the media business, right? After they've had problem with the way they're covered, they're going to go out and do the coverage themselves. That that was always kind of a, a kind of a chuckle. Oh yeah, watching you become watching guys become the thing they used to hate the most yeah, is yeah. a fascinating transformation, but like you said, this has always kind of been Kyle's wheelhouse, so I think it's going to be a pretty seamless fit for him. The one thing he might be able to learn from you is how to stay properly caffeinated during the show. Dad, you've – I'm trying to decide because I'm a pretty nasty person when it comes to, like, eating habits and stuff like that. You have installed a coffee maker right in your little yes. studio at home there in the basement of your guy's house. It's right next to you on the show. It's apparently so loud you muted yourself. Yeah, okay, all right, he's going to bring it right over. Oh, we so can like see a, it. Wow, there All right, is. so we've got – so I need I need people listening to answer if this is nasty or not. So dad's got the coffee maker right there because he can't be bothered to walk 10 feet to the kitchenette that's outside away from him. And we have short breaks in this show, all these things that I know he's right. going to use as an excuse. So he's got one coffee cup that he's left down there for the entire week that he uses, drinks the coffee out of, he puts cream and sugar in his coffee. And then when he's empty, he leaves it down there and he just reuses it again the next day. I haven't done anything but take my coffee black for a while, but even when I see the bottom of my cup, it's still got some of the residue and the nasty on it there, and I give it a little rinse before I go back in the next day's proceedings. Is is my dad nasty? Jesse, you're the you're like the outside of this family here, but you're part of the show family. Mm -hmm. Is this objectively nasty? Am I too close to the forest to see the trees? I am going to have to side with Gojo on this one. I think it's objectively kind of nasty because you're drinking from the cup. There's backwash going in there. Your, mm, your, yeah. your mouth is going on the side of the cup. So mouth. facts are facts. There's bacteria in that cup. And it's just getting reused. Are you at least washing it on the weekends? On weekends, I wash it. And here's my my argument. So it's a Keurig that you have to pour the water in in just one cup at a time. It only takes one cup. So I use the cup that I drink out of, and I run and I and I fill it with water and I put it in the reservoir and I make my cup of coffee. And then when the show's over, I usually have two cups and a cup before the show. I'll leave the cup here, won't rinse it out, and I'll come back 22 hours later to start the next show. And you know what's in that cup? Stuff I already drank. You know, talk about the residual. It's my residual. I'm cool with it. It's not somebody else's residual. You know, you know, and you give me a hard time for going in Mike, your mother's bathwater. I have no problem with doing Jesus. that. So why would you think I have a problem wait, wait, with wait, wait, drinking? Wait, wait. Drink. Oh, Jesse, were you not aware of this? Sorry, oh, what no. was that? Oh, yeah. For, for anyone unfamiliar, including Jesse Cofield. <laughs> Uh, my father will not draw his own bath, will not take a bath on his own. What he does is the move is every night he'll lean over and he'll look at my mom and go, hon, we thinking about a bath. And that is my mom's signal that it's time for her to go and take a bath. She'll go enjoy it for however long she does. And then she'll leave her retread bath water in for my dad to then go stew in. He sits in mom's soup in the bathtub and then attempts to clean himself. Oh, Oh, <laughs> so, so so right now, right now, Jesse and Mike, are you calling my wife dirty? Is that what you're I'm calling saying? her a human being. Yes, calling her body her contains dirt after a long day. You guys work out. You're both very active. I appreciate that both about you. And Jesse's face said it all here. You that said did. this to an outsider who didn't know this, and she's horrified about the man that she now works with every day.
It is gross. That's gross. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's yuck. Man. It's yucky. I love it. I, I get in. It's nice and hot. I throw a little hot water over the top of it as well. Uh, I have no problem with it. Just like I have no problem, you know, leaving my cup down here. It's my residual. It's my, you know, coffee, whatever, at the bottom of this thing that I just boil up again once I fill it with water and put it in the reservoir. So it doesn't, you know, listen, I think there are times in life when people uh, aren't, don't get enough bacteria in them to help them fight bacteria. What are you, You're a baby right? now who's got to be exposed to bacteria? Listen, you got to take them to restaurants so they're used to this. Yes, let them, let them eat dirt occasionally. Mike ate, a, a donut. Mike ate a donut hole that was in a tire well for an entire ride home from high school, his high school back to home, pulled it right off of the tire and ate it. I mean, we had no problem with our kids eating some things that maybe had some bacteria and it made their guts strong. So yes. now that I'll so say I'll say this. Now that I yeah. know about your bath thing, I don't think the coffee thing is gross. <laughs> Comparatively, it's like the Max Payne theory. Now that you've seen it, experience him, it is worse. The coffee thing is all the sudden. Yeah, I don't have a, a problem with the coffee thing anymore. You know, here's the thing. You know, when we all get to see each other, we don't see each other in a while. Like next time we come to Boston, we'll see Jesse and, and Mike. You'll give her a hug and I'll go to give her a hug. She's going to back away from me. No, you're no. You're yeah. no part of giving me a hug. I'm not. It's, you're still cleaner than if you didn't bathe, you know, but it's and you. <laughs> realistically it's probably not you know in the western world we're a little ocd about our cleaning habits so realistically speaking it's probably a practice that gets used all over the world you reuse the bath water it's probably not really a big deal here in the western world we might think it's a little a little yuck but you know what i i, I think i'm just accepting these things as i learn them you know yeah, you're gonna i'm learn still going to give you a hug I, I pee in the shower as well, okay? Yeah, yeah that's, no, that's normal stuff. That's, that's stuff, normal. Right? Okay. Everybody pees okay. in the shower. You don't, you don't okay. pee in the bath water yeah. that you're in, right? No. What? Well, no, I know you no. I know no. you don't, Jesse. I'm asking, you know, the, the man soup over here. No, no, I, I don't pee in the bathtub, no. That's not very, you don't sound like you have a lot of conviction. I don't, no. I just appreciate that my dad treats every part of his life like a cast iron skillet. No, it's more flavor sealed in there if you don't clean. You're not supposed to clean it. It's like jeans and the skillet. You're not supposed, that was the biggest revelation I'd ever heard was you're not supposed to actually wash your jeans. You're supposed to let them get worn in. That's a I guess how they were supposed to work. I took that run with it. I don't know if that was hearsay. I don't know if that was like a one-time thing that got debunked by the internet, but I've been running with that ever since. I got crusted jeans. Hey, not my Wranglers, not? though. Those are brand new and awesome. Love them. They are. Those feel good. Those right. do you feel guys, good. You guys done ripping on me? Yeah, um, I am done ripping on done? you, Dad. You're um, just supplying right. the... How can we... I, you know. I I'm find out new, something new every yeah. day about you. I love it. Yeah, and... and you didn't mean, you didn't want it to be that gross though, I guess, because your your face was a bit horrified. Listen, I got a toddler at home. Like, there's not a lot that grosses me out right now. That's true. That is, you're, you're right about that. Yeah. But the fact that again, this is now the second comparison to a baby that my dad <laughs> has been a part of in this segment here. We are like one diaper change short of hitting for the cycle in a way that <laughs> deeply disturbs me as his 34 year old son. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had a better answer for you. I'm sorry. You this yeah. is who I am. Accept me. Accept me for who I am. We do accept you. We're, we do. I mean, going all the way back to the coffee cup, though, the thing that disappoints me most in this as someone who often chastises his children 
for being lazy in areas that he deems doable. You and mom are both hypercritical of anyone that uses DoorDash or any of those other yeah, services yeah. that deliver food or groceries. And yet you're walking over to the sink to fill up the cup to use for the water and you can't be bothered to just give it a quick quick rinse or wash. You're right there. And instead you're just self-containing an endless loop of bacteria and residue in a way that is actually needless in a way that is quite literally one of the lazier things I've heard you do because normally you're not a lazy person. I don't think it's lazy. I just think I don't feel the bacteria affects me because it's mine. So I just don't do it. And yes, you, your generate your sister ordered a Sprite and had it delivered. That's the that was in college. That that's, was in that's college. still the epitome of that's, laziness. That Come is on. wild. One Sprite? One. I mean, one. when you're drunk, those are the things that happen. Coming up next, let's order a former NFL tight end here on Gojo and Golok. Save us, Kyle. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik, Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and we're excited to welcome in uh, former NFL tight end, 12 great years between the Minnesota Vikings, the New York Giants, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, former Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, Pro Bowler, and former roommate and teammate Kyle Rudolph to the show right now. As he makes the transition, Rudy, from the career I always knew you wanted in the NFL, ever since I've known you, that was the goal and dream, to now a media hack like the rest of us, man. How's it feel? It feels great. Uh, I had my first opportunity to do the radio thing this weekend on Sunday night uh, as that incredible Sunday night football game was playing out. So thankfully, I wasn't in that booth. I was able to talk about the 14 other games that happened that day. Uh, and it, it was it was a ton of fun for me. I feel like this really wasn't something I ever considered throughout the course of my playing days. But as I started to near the end and figure out what's next, football has been a part of my life since I was five years old. And I feel like TV and radio and podcasts and different variations of media allow me to keep the game of football within an arm's length away. It, it allows me to... You know, people always think being in the media is an easy way to remain around the game. I don't think that's necessarily true. There's still a lot of work that goes into it. 
but it, it allows me to have that work done on my time and allows me to make my own schedule and still be around the kids in Jordan a lot. So uh, it's been great so far. One show down. <laughs> and many, many to go. Um, so, Kyle, talk about, you know, there, there's always that part of leaving what you do. And you just mentioned you've been playing football since you're five years old all the way to 12 years in the NFL. And as I've always said, people retire for different reasons. Injury, for me, nobody called, so the league retired me. You could have got, you know, my son-in-law, Ben Broniker, could have kept playing but wanted to start going to med school. You could have kept playing if you wanted to. Why did you decide to say, okay, that, that's enough? Uh, for me, the decision impacted more people than just myself. Uh, you know, I talked about one of the things that I love about being in the media now is it allows me to spend more time around my kids at home with my family. Uh, we were in Minnesota for 10 years. And of those 10 years, five was just Jordan and I, five were with kids. But we were in one place for so long. A lot of guys in the league, you know, new team every year, new city, they're moving all over the place. We never experienced that. And then went to New York for a year, went to Tampa for a year. And ultimately this year, had I kept playing, was gonna be our fourth team in four years, thus moving my children again to another new city. And ultimately for me, it really wasn't worth it, especially because, you know, last year I waited and I waited and ultimately I felt like I picked the best situation possible coming to Tampa to play with Tom Brady and a team that had a ton of talent they had won a Super Bowl two years prior, made a playoff run the year before. I was like, this is incredible. I can't ask for anything better. And it stunk. Like, it was a terrible situation. We underachieved greatly as a team. I didn't get to do the things that I thought I was going to get to do personally as a player. So it really created this perspective for me this offseason as I was starting to look at a few teams in free agency. And ultimately, I thought to myself, like, what keeps that from happening again um, is it worth the risk? Is it worth the chance for me to try to play one more year to move my family again and pull my kids out of a school so they can go to now their sixth school in three years? Um, and, and ultimately, I just decided that that wasn't the case. And then ultimately, it was what's next, um, you know, getting involved in media, being more present in the company Altru that I started to raise money for charity. So there were a lot of things that ultimately at that point excited me more than going back to training camp and playing football for a 13th year. Yeah. And, and it's, it makes total sense when you lay it out like that, but I know for you, this is, again, this has been your dream forever. And so that doesn't come easy, but having so much to look forward to certainly can ease that transition. And hopefully that's the case. So everyone's going to get to listen to you now on Sunday nights on Fox sports radio, kick it over there. I know you're calling some football games uh, in big 10 country as well this year. So we're looking forward to that, but Kyle, what was it like sitting and now just getting to truly watch as a fan and an analyst this weekend here? Like what stuck out to you as now you get to look at the game from that 30,000 foot view? Well, for me, I had only prepared from that side as someone who was going to be in the booth and, and analyzing the game. But for, for me, I had to talk about 14 games that day and, and we weren't it was very surface level stuff it's immediate reactions from from that day in the nfl to whereas in the spring i called two games i spent an entire week preparing for those individual games 
So separating the two ways of preparing and for me preparing for the radio show was you know it was kind of a great excuse because i could tell jordan and the kids i i have to sit here on the couch and watch football all day um something that i hadn't done prior to and usually uh henry finn andy they don't let me just sit around and, yeah. and be on the couch but i was like no i'm working and they're like why, why do you have to talk about football now like you know, <laughs> let's, we want to go outside we want to play um so it was it, i was just simply observing as a fan um you know things that stuck out to me throughout the course of the day i would try to jot them down so ultimately when we would reference that game on the show that night i could go back and be like oh yeah i remember watching that or you know hopping on and looking at all the the box scores and the stats and you know fortunately for me having played as long as i did you know, I can kind of go through the game flow and look at the stats and, and really understand how that game played out, even if I didn't watch every play. If I just follow from afar and then go back, it it actually helps me really understand, you know, the nuances of how things happen. Because for 12 years, every week on Wednesday, you hear the keys to the game. What do we have to do to win? What do we have to do to not lose? And I go back and I look at this stuff from a game that I may not have watched every play and it's it's glaring when I see that. And I'm like, I immediately go back to that team meeting on a Wednesday and I'm like, yeah, these are probably things they talked about in that team meeting on Wednesday. And um, obviously didn't get it done on Sunday. Kyle, just a couple minutes left. The, the topic now today after Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, David Bakhtiari starts to yell again for, we need to get rid of the field turf and put natural grass. You've been on playing on these fields for 12 years. What do you think about that? Well, I know certainly coming to Florida this past year and practicing on grass every day was incredible for an old guy. Um, you know, I know why people retire in Florida. Warm weather and grass, you know, made my body feel so much better. But, you know, ultimately I was someone who played 10 years in an indoor stadium with the exception of the two years we were outside. The two years we were outside, we were also on turf at the University of Minnesota. One year in New York, turf. So I played 11 years of home games on artificial turf. And, you know, although the technology has come a long way, it just doesn't really make sense to me why teams that have outdoor venues and have the ability to have natural grass wouldn't have it. Um, so, you know, certainly there are teams, the Minnesota Vikings, for instance, they're not rolling grass in there. You know, you, you can't roll grass out into Minneapolis in the wintertime and expect it to grow. So, you know, you can't have that indoor grass like Arizona and Vegas has. So there will always be teams that have artificial turf. But if we can limit those to a much smaller number, certainly we all see the numbers. Everybody sees the numbers of non-contact injuries and, and just the sheer amount of injuries that happen on artificial turf. Trust me, I can tell you firsthand, it's so much better playing on grass. It's just your body feels better. It's really what was meant to be um you think about the force and the impact that we're putting into the ground and that's put on us when we're tackled grass gives turf doesn't yep. and you know that's that's just the bottom line we saw that on display on monday night there's no doubt about it rudy congrats on all the success man we're excited to have you on this side of the aisle here now enjoy <laughs> next week i know the vikings are going to honor you before that week three game against the chargers so we're all looking forward to watching that and listening to you on sunday nights and in college football games going forward man should be a ton of fun thanks guys always great to chat thanks man
Awesome stuff. Man, yeah, he's, uh, another he's one natural. on our side. Another I mean, one on and, our side. And more importantly, Dad, another Notre Dame guy in the business yep. right now. I'm sick and tired of all these Northwestern and Missouri and Syracuse folks Syracuse, out here. Right. right. We got to bring another one into the fold. We got another one in the fold, and it all feels good here. Uh, we're going to finish it off coming up next with shocking revelations about life out in the great beyond. Next on Gojo and Golan. All right, guys, we're in the heat of the summer, and you need a pair of great shades that you don't have to baby. Knockaround Sunglasses is the go-to for quality, polarized shades that won't break the bank. Plus, they just released the first set of teams of their official MLB collection, including Red Sox and Yankees. Don't be the person that's squinting into the sun or worried about getting sand on their overpriced sunglasses. Check out knockaround.com for great looking polarized shades starting at just 28 bucks and use code GOLIC for free shipping on your order. All right, time to finish off the show the way we always do this, that, and the third. Three quick stories send you off into your day. As always, make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review, leave us that five-star rating, and check us out on DraftKings YouTube, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and uh, Samsung TV Plus, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, live Monday through Friday. Um, and always, thank you to our guests. Thank you to Kyle Rudolph, who stopped by here. Uh, all the great things he's got going on. Dad, let's start with this. Uh, right in our wheelhouse, a competitive eater went and took on a very interesting challenge this last week. On Tuesday, the Eagles posted a video where the competitive eater, Dan Killer Kennedy, went through and ate an entire offensive lineman's daily diet in about five minutes. The video is with Lane Johnson and Cam Jurgens from the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line where they laid out all of the things that Lane Johnson typically eats in a day. The list is as follows. Two 12-ounce ribeyes. Five scrambled eggs, one avocado, three sausage links, three Greek yogurts, one sweet potato, one baked potato, two protein shakes, two orange juices, and one monster mash, which is rice, ground beef, and some seasoning in a bowl. It's between 5,000 and 6,000 calories for a day, which dad as someone who used to have to eat 5,000 to yep. 6,000 calories a day to try and keep the weight on can totally understand. If you have not seen this video, watching what this man did in front of and this was not a big guy dan kennedy is like a lot of competitive eaters now smaller in stature slighter in frame just wolfed this food down in a way that you could tell even made the lineman uncomfortable and that's hard listen to do. it's stunning we both had interactions how you've called the nathan's hot dog eating contest we've had them at, at our set at espn we've eaten against them when you see it up close and personal of what they do it is stunning so to see all this food that Lane Johnson eats in a day. And by the way, man, that's a hell of a lot of food Lane Johnson eats in a day. To have this guy just sit there as Lane watches him house this in five minutes is truly stunning. Because you, normally years ago, you think of these competitive eaters are these big fat guys, and it's not. It's always more well-built guys or, or smaller guys that do it so it's an incredible feat i know a lot of people are grossed out by it i i'm amazed by it to sit there and watch him devour that is just and it just makes you makes you crazy it's unreal I, I likened it so i once was in an exhibition with joey chestnut and another eater before the tit national title game in 2019 and we were down in louisiana on a boat and we were eating beignets and we had four minutes to do it. It wasn't a contest. It was just an exhibition. So they were just doing this for funsies. In four minutes, I ate 14 beignets that were about the size of my fist. And I felt pretty good about that. 
Joey Chestnut was next to me, the world's foremost competitive eater. He ate 74 of them in four minutes. Yeah. It is the single most impressive athletic feat I've ever seen in person. I liken it to it was like if you stand on the side of the highway when cars are whizzing by, I felt legitimate fear. I thought he was going to reach onto my plate and take my food because he was getting bored with his. So that is what those two guys were witnessing in person right there. And uh, it was a lot. And it also made me hungry, yeah. which kind of is, yeah. is a weird <laughs> sick I'm hungry pie, now. Yeah, I could go for yeah. a ribeye. Those ribeyes look good. That Real was, good. That really good. That's he would set it off those. there. Killing him. Uh, so congratulations uh, to him for emasculating those big, large, burly boys uh, right in their dojo. Jesse, let's go to that, uh, to one of the more compelling stories from yesterday's news surrounding UFOs. So Mexican officials were shown two mummified corpses, okay, that a UFO expert claims are a clear demonstration of non-human aliens. The internet, on the other hand, does not feel the same way. And everyone's going crazy saying, oh, well, did they see E.T.? Because these aliens look exactly like E.T. Uh, Steven Spielberg must have been around a thousand years ago when these aliens were around because he modeled E.T. exactly after them, blah, blah, blah. Pretty interesting. Obviously, we talked about this a little earlier. We know we're not alone in this universe, but I highly doubt that these are the corpses of the aliens. Yeah, no, I, I think this one ended yeah. up, it's, it started with such promise because we've seen so many of like the U.S. hearings about UFOs and former military members claiming that they've seen them and all these stuff. So it felt like we were building on something. But uh, dad, then we come to find out apparently this video got debunked in like 2021. It's a retread video here. It did look like a paper mache alien. Like, I will say, I don't imagine they're going to look like we've just drawn up in movies. That's probably a little nonsensical. But this one especially seemed like a project I would have done in middle school. So we yeah, should have known something yeah. was up. You could easily see this one, Mal, the E.T. phone home. I mean, yeah. it, it was a shame because, as Jesse said, anybody who thinks we're alone, I, 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 I can't even believe you would even think that in this vast universe of ours that we're the only living organisms out there. Let me ask you both a question. If an alien came down and said, we want to take you back to our world, you'll be with us for a while, but when you come back, it'll be like no time has passed. Because I wouldn't want to do it if all of a sudden I'm away from your, 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 like your mother and you, my kids and my grandkids. I wouldn't want to do that and miss that. But if they said, come with us, we're going, you're going to our world for X amount of time, and when you come back to Earth, it'll be like no time has passed. Would you go? No, that so sounds like contact. what someone says to get you into the white van. We'll bring you yeah. right back. It's <laughs> totally <got> fine. <laughs> hey, the aliens want me to come help find their dog. Is that okay? Yeah. We got puppies uh, in the we got puppies in the spaceship, and and no, it will be like no time has passed. I'd be like, okay, let me just go get my. <gasps> I'm gone. Yeah. See how fast. Mike, would you go? Would you go, Mike? Yeah, I'd probably go. I mean, again, this is the plot of the movie Contact, where yeah. I, I think it's Sigourney yeah. Weaver in that movie is gone for like an instant, but gets to travel and see all this and learn all about these aliens. Right, right. Hell yeah, that'd be cool as hell. I'm never someone, 
I don't want to go to space in a rocket ship. I don't trust our technology yet. But if those guys get here, that means they're not new to this. They're true to this. And they're about that space travel life. So I'd probably be cool with that. No time passes. I get to learn some new stuff. Maybe I'll find out. I saw someone yesterday point out the fact that we spend millions and billions on uh, military development every year, but we haven't developed a single Halo weapon yet. Maybe I can find a Needler. Maybe there's a beam sword out there. Maybe there's something I can get back to advance the conversation. Who knows? It would be very exciting. Would you do it, Dad? Oh, yeah, I think I would do it. Yeah, I, I would. Until I got on their ship and I all of a sudden I was restrained, I'd be like, uh-oh, this is a bad decision. Yeah, mistakes, <laughs> I don't know. Mis I, yeah, mistakes have been made. I don't know what they're going to do yeah. to me now. Yeah, I think I, I think I would, knowing I could come back at the same time, obviously you don't know what's going to go on up there, but I, I think I would I would take the shot. Yeah, and give it a go. This is the I, difference between men and women. You guys yeah. are very trusting. Whereas women, yeah, we grew up, you yeah. don't trust someone trying to get you in their spaceship or their car. In their spaceship. Because that occurs a lot, right, Jesse? That yeah, a lot when you never get in spaceships with strangers. <laughs> oh, Jody Foster in contact, by the yeah, way. Shame right, on right, me right. Uh, for yeah. making that mistake. Let's get to another work of cinematic excellence. Jesse in the third and what we got to look coming up is an NFL crossover. Yeah, this is cool. Okay, so the October one game between the Jags and Falcons is going to be Toy Story Fun Day football. So kicking off on Disney Plus, ESPN Plus at 9.30 a.m. because the game is being played in London. So using NFL's next-gen stats and on-field tracking data Every player in play is going to be presented in Andy's room from the Toy Story franchise. So there's going to be like a 30-second delay, they're saying. But it's essentially we're going to be watching an animated version of the game. I love this, Dad. I know we're fresh off the Nickelodeon broadcast, too. And this is just proof that now my generation as parents are really the target market for this. Because if you want to make a bunch of millennials cry and get in their feelings, oh. show them Toy Story stuff. Absolutely. You are not kidding. I am so for this. So, I mean, I love the to Toy Story series. And this, I love the Nickelodeon. I love the way they go about that. I think Nate Burleson has done a great job with that. But yeah. I love the whole concept. And I am looking forward to seeing, because we know, you know, animation is so cool nowadays and what they can do. I am so looking forward to this. I think it will be the neatest thing in the world. And you're right, targeting an audience who loves Toy Story that's a great way to go because that was about as popular a show as there was out there. Say, raise your hand if you're in your mid-30s and cried during Toy Story 3 when you saw it in college. Mid-30s? Come on. Yeah, and I can say everyone. It's going to be, it's, it's a great opportunity to do it, obviously, because the game's going to be early in the morning when kids are going crazy and it's 9.30 and you've been up for hours. Oh, right. And listen, I would be remiss if I didn't say they're also selling a great product. Our friend Emerson Lazio would say, by putting America's team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, into this particular venue, it is a beautiful thing. We think you're beautiful. If you agree, download, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow.